Hi, I'm Pallavi and I'm Anshuman. Welcome to Navigating Life by husband and wife. Hi, so today I've got my sister and her husband and we thought we'll do a joint episode where we want to talk to other couples and what they do to navigate their life. So welcome Shelby and Govin. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. All right, let's let's dive straight into it. So, you know, uh, uh I hold both of you in quite high regard when it comes to financial planning. So, you know, with that in mind, we thought we'd just, you know, use this topic uh, for you guys and uh, maybe you can just start off with telling us about why you actually do financial planning. Uh I'm happy to kick us off. I think uh, for us, we've chatted about this. Uh it's it's about freedom uh, i think we you know we we money in itself is not a driver for us uh, i think it is the freedom that comes with not having to worry about money uh and and so financial planning is really just a means to that end uh and uh, yeah i mean uh, it you know it, we don't we, we're not spent for anything like that so it's more just having the ability to say if you need it for you know medical expenses or you want to travel or you want to invest in ourselves learn or invest in our own businesses or whatever the case may be it gives us a, a way to do that without having to worry how to do that so that's really the driving force i think for both of us and and was there like a, a trigger for either of you uh, you know or something maybe you know in the past that has made you think about this quite a lot I think for both of us we have ended up moving a lot so we moved continents quite frequently from US to Europe India and then back to back to US and every time we made one of those moves we had to reset our finances because sometimes we were moving from more expensive places to cheaper places and sometimes we did the opposite so every time we went through one of those transitions we had to hit a little bit of a reset button um that how do our finances work out in the new place do we have excess savings that we can invest or what do we do about uh, planning out our our lives and um yeah th- those i think at least for me that was a big prompt wow uh yeah wow. i think additionally uh, uh i mean i think also your upbringing plays a role in that right like the people you see in your immediate family but also around and and you see how different people think about money and how their psychology differs it's the same thing but everybody thinks about it so differently so for me just observing how different it was that some people were obsessed about it some people didn't think about it at all some people thought about it but were strategic about it it just felt that there were so many different ways to think about the psychology of money that uh i was curious about how money works and and how you can make it work for you as opposed to you working for it uh and 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 feeling sort of enslaved by it So uh, the good thing though here is that both of you have this have a similar mindset towards money. I mean Shelby while growing up was like really really careful with money. Jo bhi pocket money aati thi she was like really careful how am I going to spend it? Can I put it in my piggy bank or do I need to invest it somewhere? So I think that yeah if Govind if you had not been equally conscious about ma- managing the money there would have definitely been a conflict of how how you're going to do it so I, i think it's great that you know both of you are on the same page but having said that do you both have different approaches towards managing money and what is that approach i see both of you shaking nodding your head what what is the difference <laughs> um i think again part of it is back to training i feel that at least the training that i had it was very much focused on saving and budgeting and 
sort of, you know, from the financial planning side, like it was okay, once you have money, how do you make the most of it? But I don't feel like I was taught um, either through training in education or through seeing friends and family, how to make more money or how to sort of like invest it and things like that. Like there was a little bit of uh, education with investment, but, you know, I I mean, that's been a very um, something that I've learned as I've grown up that whatever you earn, you can save it. But if you just double your earnings, that's way easier to do. And sometimes than uh uh, than than saving saving more of it or something like that. Yeah, I think they're actually quite different, Pallavi. So I think uh, to Shelby's point, like I rarely, even in college, when everybody was scrounging, rare, I mean, I, I never spent money unwisely, but I wasn't very careful with it either. Like I would not stop myself from having the $10 meal versus the $5 meal that everybody else was having. So my philosophy has actually evolved because of Shelby where because she's very budget minded and very data driven about like how we're spending our money. I've gotten much better at that. My goal has always been like, yeah, how do I make more money and, and, uh, and, and, and still keep my needs low. So I don't want the goalpost to keep shifting where today I'm okay with, you know, uh, that $10 meal, but tomorrow I need the $50 meal every lunch or anything like that. Like, so I'm, I'm conscious of that, but, but in general, my philosophy is more around earning more uh, and having an absolute savings amount that is higher uh, and then investing that in a way where you can leverage that to you know uh, make even more money right great right um, you know you also talked about moving continents right so I'm quite curious to find out if you're moving to a new place like moving back to India sure you know you know you know what is the uh, how much you need to pay for rent and water electricity etc but when you're moving to a new country how do you undertake that analysis to figure out you know how 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 much expenditure are you going to have to make every month for example yeah that's a that's a great question and i think i'd I'd first start with that even moving back to india after you've lived abroad for a while like i'm sure you both know this as well like there is a reset that happens because one the prices that you're used to no longer exist and also the lifestyle that you're used to has probably changed so if you were okay with the you know, 10,000 rupees apartment earlier, like now you probably need something different just because you've, you've adapted and it's, and it's hard to sort of lower, lower your lifestyle in some way. Um, but I, I think uh, to answer your uh, original question, the first thing that I check is the cost of living index. Like, I think that's a very good benchmark. Um, so you can easily find it online. You can just Google what's the cost in, cost of living index for city X versus city Y. And that gives you a rough benchmark that, okay, if you needed this amount of money in this city, like now you can convert it into how much do you need in a in a different city. Obviously, that's a very generalized index. It doesn't um, it doesn't account for your personal interests. Like if, um, if 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 you don't need some of the things that are listed as as a part of that index, it's of course going to be different. But it's it's generally a good guide. Mm. Um, and yeah, I I think talking to people really helps because people who are living in that city can give you a better idea of what does it actually mean to um, rent in that city? What what kind of a lifestyle can you afford? And then you can sort of make better decisions that, you know, is a suburban lifestyle going to be better fit for you? Is a city lifestyle going to be a better fit for you? Because every country is different. Cities within a country can be very different. And I think it helps to have that information gathered up front. Actually, you all have done this move uh, fairly recently, twice, uh, moving countries and moving cities within the same country. I'm curious about how 
how you've thought about finances in those situations yeah so i think uh, moving cities was uh, easier in a way uh, because both of them are tier 2 cities so uh, you know what was in ahmedabad is in mohali you know pretty similar but moving back from australia we actually didn't do too much financial planning also because you know we had a house that was ready pretty much ready almost ready to move in uh, so we had that side catered for um so and and moving back from i guess you know a, a currency which is more valuable to um, india was was much easier but going there was much harder because we did not really have much benchmark to figure out you know how much is it going to cost us to do x um uh, in australia versus india so and plus you know we were just new in our jobs and careers so we didn't have a lot of savings either um, but yeah i mean it was a risk we took uh i just i was also curious you know i'm always uh, interested in finding out about new apps and tools that people use so uh do you use any tools for financial planning to help you with that we use a couple uh <clears throat> so i think uh obviously like banking now has become far easier so i think your banks also provide a fair number of things to just keep track of like money coming in money going out uh allocating money differently so for instance we have different bank accounts where our paycheck gets routed based on different things so for instance we allocate 10% of our incoming paychecks to travel and so that automatically happens uh and that's not really i guess that's partly the banks but it's also the you know payroll service that allows for that to happen and uh that 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 is pretty convenient it allows for some discipline where you're like you know what i'm allocating this to savings i'm allocating this to fun whatever the case may be i think that's vacations have to be very disciplined if you don't <laughs> allocate 10% to it <laughs> clearly you... clearly and you guys are on a vacation right now as well we are <laughs> we are so that that 10% is is helping us right now um i think uh, so that's one i think the second is uh, we use an app and this may not all apply directly to india obviously i think india has its own set of apps but i think we use uh, Uh, an app called mint uh, which is basically an intuit app the intuit bot mint but it's b- basically a way to track your finances and trends over time and so you basically are allocating all your expenditures and and so on so you can see oh, how much do i spend on food and we were looking at this the other day because it's very interesting how our spend shifted post covid right because mm-hmm. we were spending x and then suddenly it dropped and it's probably true for a lot of people because they didn't have to commute they weren't going out as much and those sort of things and so mint is definitely super helpful to uh, detect your trends detect anomalies those sort of things in your spending habits mm. um we also use something called personal capital uh, which is basically a way to track your investments and net worth uh, across all your different uh, sort of vehicles um and that's been super useful to just see how we're trending over time with sort of respect to our end goal uh, so to speak and you know um so that's a great app um i'll i'll add one more um so we use tiktik which is just a it's just a to do list mm-hmm. type of an app a tracker and i think that um though it's not purely for financial reasons it's been helpful because we have sort of recurring tasks in there that okay once a month we check <coughs> our investments to make sure they're where we want them to be then we have like reminders that we have to pay our credit card bills like we we basically use it to sort of manage the logistics mm. of how we look at money um, and we have some sort of things that we just do on a very recurring basis that that are in there which i think is helpful 
Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll add two more. Uh, one is obviously investing apps. Uh, I mean, ultimately, brokerage apps are, are, are extremely useful. Uh, I'm exploring more into other things that are alternatives that you can, you know, invest in and so on. So there are those sort of apps that help you invest in uh, things that you want to invest in, brokerages and so on. Uh, but also, I actually think uh, I've benefited tremendously from a group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a group of people who are looking to uh, retire early. Uh, and there's multiple such groups, but I found one to be extremely helpful. And uh, I can't tell you how much I think I've learned more in the last one or two years I've been on that group than like my whole life. Um, and so I think that community of people is extremely, extremely useful in getting you to think about things you hadn't thought about or think differently about things that you're just taken for granted. So what about you? I mean, I know, I know India probably has a lot of similar apps, but like what are the Indian apps that you all uh, use? So I think banking is not as advanced. Um, so, you know, in Australia, we were using this bank called U-Bank that was basically a digital bank only. It did not have any physical banks. Uh, so, and, and that allowed us to do amazing amount of financial planning based on certain goals like you talked about so you know you could have a vacation goal a house goal etc and you could track against each of those so that was quite advanced Uh, but you know in India there's a lot of apps that allow you to do um, you know uh, expenditure tracking Mm. based on you know you know how much are you spending on your food how much are you spending on rent etc but I've used quite a few of those apps and nothing has really Mm -hmm felt like you know i want to come back to it again and again and use it um so i i go back to google sheets because i find that much more easier and and flexible because i can modify it as as i want to on the fly for investments we've started using kite which is the app by um zero zero and uh, that's pretty cool again like what you said it tracks your it tracks your portfolio value you can easily buy more um, buy more shares and so on and so forth so that's pretty cool but uh, we've only started it about six seven months ago yeah during during the covid time so you have been financial you have been planning your finances for a while now were you doing it all by yourself or did you at any point of time feel that you need a professional to help you with it yeah i think uh, we for the most part we did it by ourselves in the beginning and um you know recently and you know similar to anshubhai i also love google sheets so <laughs> that that was my primary uh, sort of place where we where we did a lot of that but i think a few years back maybe a couple of years ago we decided to actually um speak to a professional who could who could actually tell us and you know he was very disciplined so he said what are your goals what where are you at right now and here's what you do with any money that you have which um comes and goes like bonuses and stuff like that and that was super 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 helpful for me that i had like there were so many one there were just financially there's always every every place has so many different vehicles that you just i think each individual just cannot know about them because there's so much to explore and how do you keep track? You know, you can keep reading all the blogs, but I think it's much easier to just have a professional guide you and say, hey, there's this whole thing that's applicable, like the government has this program and, you know, you should use it. And it's it's much easier to have someone else kind of do that research and just guide you in that. 
Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, and I think there's different types of, uh, you know, help you can get, right? You can get the one-off sort of like, hey, I just need like a tuning, which is what we sort of did to get like clarity on a few different aspects. Uh, there's also people who manage your wealth. I think you have to define what, what goals you want. In general now, I think finance has become pretty accessible where the tools usually earlier were behind, uh, you know, a, a guarded wall, mm-hmm. so to speak. And now a lot mm-hmm. of it is now very accessible. So f- that is, you don't require help there, I feel, uh, if you're generally a digital native and digitally savvy. Uh, I think what you need help is just the number of options of explored mm-hmm. and policies are changing very rapidly. Uh, now with all these different things around decentralized decentralized finance and, and crypto and so on, there's there's different options now whatever you may think about them, like it's, you know, there's just new things to understand and and think about. So I think it's good to have someone uh, who can at least uh, give you some amount of insight into that. And I also think like when you have bigger life changes, like when say you're, uh, you know, say somebody's expanding their family or, or, or they're getting married or they're ending a marriage or you suddenly had a salary hike or you know you're starting a new business i think those inflection points are good times to to get some help because effectively your your day-to-day is going to change and and so um i feel those are good times to to get some um, insights from an, from a professional we've also recently had professional help for a one-off thing because as you say we had an inflection point where we we were selling one house and buying another uh, and we found it really helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. We should revisit that now. Yeah, we should revisit that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, one tip that each of you would li- like to leave our listeners with on financial planning. Um, yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing that was helpful to me is to set clear goals about financial planning and also be very, very clear about the why. That if you have a goal that I want to achieve this much in my finances or something like why do you like why do you want that do you want that for more freedom do you want that for um is there something that you want to do with that money or is it psychological safety so i think i think all of those things it can really change how you get to that goal if you're clear about the goal and you're clear about the why and you're then also tracking it um uh, yeah, and I'll just build off of that and give my own as well. I think um, not allowing the goalpost to change is probably the biggest piece of financial advice I can give to someone because I think what ends up happening is a lot of people think, oh, this is enough. And then suddenly, like a couple of years go by, you see your friends doing X or Y or you, you know, you're like, oh, the goalpost is changing. And, and a lot of people have talked about this and how that is extremely pervasive and a never ending sort of um, cycle of of misery in some ways so i, I think uh, I, I think it's useful to to have that goal and let you know draw that line in the sand um, for one so that's one but i think secondly uh, coming back to sort of my focus on 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 making more money i think ultimately what matters is the absolute amount of money you save right so essentially however you do that whether you live an extremely frugal existence or you basically really uh, increase your income without changing your lifestyle, whatever that means for different people. I think what ends up mattering the most, in my opinion, is absolute savings amount. Uh, and and then I think, so focusing exclusively on that is very important. Too many people get lost in the investment side of things. Investments really are a way to protect your, mm-hmm. your money, not really, I mean, and they'll grow it, obviously. But like, what I think is most important to get right is that first piece, which is the absolute number that you're saving every month every year and so on cool cool yeah brilliant yeah. brilliant 
So um, we learned a lot from you, even though we are related, we didn't know so much <laughs> about how you manage your money and what your goals are. Uh, and of course, even though your experiences are from a different country, I think the gist, the summary or the or the thought behind why financial planning is important and how do you need to go about it, I think that is very relevant to anyone. Uh, and probably at any age, like uh, my takeaway from the conversation was that uh, I feel that you guys have started way earlier than normal people start thinking about how your you know finances are going to go. Nobody really starts as early as you have. So I think that that is very, very nice and should be very inspiring for sure. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. I think uh, the group I was telling you about Facebook, I, I think you see a huge variance. You see people who buy their kids stock at the age of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, and so and like or, or children who are taught to invest when they're 10 and like, they, you know, they earn lemonade money and they're taking that, saving it and putting it. So you see a huge variance of like people and where they start. I think it is, and, and you see other people who have sort of only started thinking when they're 65 about mm-hmm. <laughs> about sort of what the goals are. I think wherever you are, I think uh, is immaterial. I think, I honestly believe that everybody can have the amount of wealth they need to be happy and healthy and have freedom. Um, and uh, But I'm glad you all had us and, and very happy to be here and very thankful to you all too for setting this up. No problem. It was our pleasure. Great. Brilliant, brilliant talking to both of you. Thanks for being on this episode. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Hope you liked this episode. And if you want to hear more such conversations, do subscribe to our podcast. So that you are notified of new episodes. See you next time.